Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Craig Bish, and we'll bring in Frank Stample in uh, just a couple of minutes. We've got a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to have a preview of the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, uh, we'll go over the latest news and notes in terms of fantasy. It should be, I mean, we're, we're getting close now, folks. I mean, we're less than three weeks away from opening day. And uh, we've got contract extensions to go over, too. We'll go over the past, the present, and the future of a couple of guys who are signing those extensions in uh, Christian Yelich and Yoan Mankata. Injuries, of course, as well, are taking hold. So uh, plenty to get to here on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed yesterday's show as well. Tried to take you a little bit behind the scenes in uh, both the fantasy and reality sense as it pertained to the Baltimore Orioles. But as we preview the Rays today, you know, that's one of the more intriguing teams in baseball because, uh, you know, it's rare to have such a successful team on the field in baseball and have a team that you really can't figure out uh, fantasy-wise some of the best options. Now, look, there are a couple of obvious ones that we'll go over on the show. And, uh, you know, Meadows had the great year that he had last year. Uh, But the bottom line is that the Rays are going to do things differently. They operate differently, and they try to employ, uh, you know, basically strategies and, and pitching ideas that a lot of other teams don't, and some teams now have started to copy. From a fantasy perspective, it makes it really tough. It makes it tough because... Uh, if you're not playing in a league where you can make daily moves, uh, you know, the Rays are really not for you. I think even in the uh, NFBC format where there's a 50-round draft, I, I don't necessarily think the Rays are for you, too, because you don't know how a lot of their players are going to play out. They have a couple of prospects who may come up at some point in the season, but simply put, they're probably, in terms of reality, the uh, best-run organization in all of baseball. They've won that award for Major League Baseball. But on the fantasy side, it's uh, it's a little bit of a nightmare because they don't always uh, tip you and cue you as to what you're going to do uh, with them during the regular season. So uh, we got a sports grid update coming your way here in uh, in just a little bit. And then Frank and I will be back and we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Rays in 2020. We also have our three up, three down segment and plenty more to come. Most importantly, will the Milwaukee Brewers Look at this Christian Yelich deal five, six years from now and think it was a great deal. It was a bad deal. Are they paying him for the past? Are they paying him for the future? It's always fun to dissect these things. And we have a press conference, by the way, coming up with the Brewers in uh, less than an hour from now. So we'll be back with a Sports Grid update, and I'll be right back after this. Thank you, Craig. I am Sean Guasamacchia with your Fantasy Sports Today news update let's head over to the pga it's the arnold palmer invitational in beautiful bay hill golf course in orlando florida second round action your leader rory mcelroy six under after one he will tee off at 12 44 p.m eastern time there are four golfers tied for second place one shot behind rory mcelroy he's still the betting favorite on fanduel sportsbook to win the tournament at 12 to 1 Let's head over to the NBA last night. Steph Curry, two-time MVP of the league, returned to action after missing 58 games with a broken left hand. 
He scored 23 points in 27 minutes in his first game since October 30th, but it was not enough. Warriors lose to the Raptors 121 to 113. Other NBA scores Jamal Murray. Late jumper lifts the Nuggets over the Hornets 114 to 112. Sixers and Clippers cruise to blowout victories. Let's head over to baseball and it's a full slate of spring training games today with four games starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Other news, the Los Angeles Angels have fired their longtime visiting clubhouse manager Brian Harkins after an internal investigation confirmed suspicions that he was providing ball doctoring substances to opposing pitchers. This, according to ESPN.com, Harkins was employed by the club for 30 years and the suspicions were he was providing illegal sticky substances to the visiting clubhouses that aided pitchers abilities to grip the baseball sources close with the situation confirmed all right let's head over to a coronavirus update here and this is xfl a stadium employee has tested positive for coronavirus he's a concessions worker he was working the game on february the 22nd in seattle for the seattle dragons right now they do not intend to cancel any games there at the CenturyLink field in Seattle. The next game up will be an MLS game between the Seattle Sounders and the Columbus Crew. That is scheduled for Saturday, so that is still on the radar. And we have college basketball tournament action starting at 1 p.m. with Drake in Northern Illinois in the Missouri Valley Conference. Northern, Illinois, uh, Northern Iowa, sorry. Northern Iowa is favored by nine and a half points on FanDuel Sportsbook. That's your fantasy sports today. News update. Now back to Craig and Frank Staffel. All right. Thanks very much, Sean. Appreciate it. We'll uh, get back to another update at the top of the hour. And, of course, college basketball games going on all day long. This is the best time of the year for college hoops and, of course, the NCAA tournament is coming, the play-in games. Uh, we'll cover it here on the show. We'll talk about uh, some of the brackets, some of the things that we're doing from a tournament perspective, from a betting perspective as well. Uh, but back to baseball we go. Frank, uh, good morning. What's going on? Uh, we ready for a big weekend? Got some big plans ahead for you? Yeah, I'm excited, man. I got a wedding to go to tonight. It's my dad's birthday tomorrow as well. We got a big UFC fight tomorrow night. So a lot going on this weekend. One step closer to the baseball season, as you mentioned. And Craig, I understand on the show, you're never going to be the guy who gives yourself a pat on the back. But sometimes I will have to do it for you because I know that you won't do it for yourself. But you are single-handedly moving ADP. And that is not an overstatement because I saw people tweeting last night about how Hunter Harvey was going in the 14th round of NFBC drafts. And of course, your video with Brandon Hyde got picked up by Roto World and they tweeted out about Hunter Harvey potentially being the closer for the Orioles. So shout out to Craig Mish. Again, it's just some of the stuff that we bring you here on Fantasy Sports Today that you're not going to get anywhere else. No, and that's that's what we try to do. We're going to try to uh, you know bring the the fantasy angle with the reality. And you would think, uh, you know, w- why spend two hours at a ballpark at a spring training game uh, with the Baltimore Orioles? And uh, and I would think that you would think that in general. But uh, in in I've been doing this for a long time, Frank, and uh, and I know that sometimes you got to get on the ground and you got to ask the right questions. And sometimes you get the right answers, and we're going to continue to do that throughout the draft season. And um, you know, this is this is what I like to do. I like to help people in this way, and so we'll uh, see if we can, you know, get some other stuff out of these guys next week, and we'll find out. But uh, that's shocking to see was that <laughs> that big a move. But you know, it what it shows you is this: is that we have, uh, as fantasy analysts, not a lot to go on this time of the year. A lot of these games aren't televised. You're basically counting on the people who are covering the teams to report on them. 
and you have to use the reality of what they report to fantasy. But when you only have essentially, and Steve Gardner is doing this from USA Today as well, but when you only have a couple of reporters in the country who care about fantasy, I mean, that's the result that you're going to get. And for, I feel fortunate to be one of those people that care. And they know it's coming from me. I mean, they know it's coming. They uh, are very happy to do the interviews. And um, and we'll have some more before the end of the spring. I guarantee it. You'll get some more uh, some more coverage of that. All right. Uh, Christian Yelich is going to sign a deal. It's going to take him through 2029, Frank. They're, they're cl- clearly rewarding him for what he did. He was underpaid based on the contract that he got. And uh, I would ask you, I mean, what will this look like in 2029? And by the way, um, will the Brewers be any good in the next nine years? Like, I'm not even sure. Yeah, only time will tell, you know, how this extension is going to play out for Christian Yelich, for the Milwaukee Brewers as well. But I think if you own him in a keeper or dynasty league, this is obviously a positive. You know, since he's gone over to Miller Park, uh, his fantasy value has just gone through the roof, obviously winning the MVP in 2018. And then last year competing for the MVP and obviously didn't ha- if he didn't have the fluke accident with his knee injury, then potentially would have won the MVP in back-to-back seasons in the National League. So I think obviously from a fantasy perspective, this is phenomenal news because we want Christian Yelich to remain in Miller Park uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously a very solid lineup there. You know, will the Milwaukee Brewers be good? I think it comes down to the pitching staff, right? Because obviously they have Brandon Woodruff and, you know, they have some sleeper candidates and Corbin Burns and Adrian Hauser. But it it seems like this is the normal formula for the Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to try to outslug the other team, uh, much like we've seen out of the Colorado Rockies for the past couple seasons. But the Brewers have done a good job of piecing together the rotation at times. And obviously they have a phenomenal bullpen as well. So uh, in terms of long term, how is this going to play out? I think only time will tell. But uh, I don't blame Christian Yelich one bit for signing this extension. Again, he wouldn't have hit free agency until he was 31 years old. $228.5 million is not chump change. I mean, this is real money, and he's set up for the rest of his life financially. Uh, he has the security for his family as well. So I understand some people are going to say, well, he could have made more money if he went to free agency. You're not so sure how these things are going to play out. Look at Luis Severino. They said the same thing last year when he signed a $40 million contract. Right. Now what? He's not pitching for this entire season. So you never know how these things are going to play out, Craig. Yep, and, and that's a, a really good point. We'll, uh, we'll see what Yelich ends up doing this year. Uh, but most importantly, for fantasy purposes and dynasty leagues, what will he do in three or four years from now? I think that any player you could ask that question about. Uh, Yoana Mankata also signed a five-year contract extension. Um, you know, just look, the White Sox are just giving out money these days to extensions. But I think the most important story came yesterday in terms of another injury, Frank. Uh, Oscar Mercado, a sprained wrist after getting hurt diving in the outfield. And uh, and we'll have to keep an eye out on this because now any injury at this point in the spring with less than three weeks to go is something that you got to worry about. My guess is, is that uh, anybody that gets hurt now, if it was the regular season, they'd be placed on the injured list. You have to hope that Mercado can get back in time for opening day, which seems to be questionable at this point. Yeah, and he's one of these steel sources that everyone was looking at this year who can you know, maybe give you 15 home runs, 25-plus stolen bases. A lot of people excited about Mercado, and rightfully so. Even before he hurt his wrist in this game, he wound up hitting a two-run home run. So something to pay attention to for sure, uh, and it would have a ripple effect on someone like Cesar Hernandez, who we've spoken about a ton here throughout the spring because he's been batting towards the top of the lineup throughout spring training for the Indians. So I don't know if many people are paying attention to that, but if Mercado is to miss any time, it seems like Cesar Hernandez will be entrenched there, you know, whether it's leadoff, whether it's batting second, uh, obviously in a, in a solid lineup here with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, I uh, saw Mercado come up in the Cardinals organization, saw him play in the minors 
on backfields for two years, never in a million years did I think that he would have developed into the player that he is now with home runs and steals. He was like a giveaway player in the trade for them. Really amazing to see his development. All right, three up, three down is next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank will be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. up must come down three up three down what does three up and three down mean to you airman end of an inning all right welcome back it's time for a little three up three down here for this march the 6th 2020 frank and i will have our tampa bay rays preview show coming up in about 15 minutes from now our format is very simple uh, we're opening up the show, giving you the latest news and notes every day, all the way through opening day. We do three up, three down, 11.15 Eastern, if you're watching us or listening to us live. And then from 11.30 Eastern to 12.30 Eastern, every single day, we're going to preview a different Major League Baseball team. And in some cases, uh, we're going to be doubling up, I believe, starting next week. Also on demand, you could go back, as we covered most of the American League East this week, we'll move on to uh, the Central and maybe skip around a little bit to some other teams uh, next week. All right, uh, I'll get started with three up, three down. I'll start in the Grapefruit League yesterday in Lakeland. And I know Frank wants to talk about how great Garrett Cole was in this game. We'll get to that. Uh, 11 home runs yesterday in Lakeland. I was watching this game live when it was happening, and it was just home run after home run. And I thought it was, like, really impressive at first that Miguel Cabrera hit two home runs. But then, of course, there were nine home runs hit after that. I guess the wind was just blowing out at uh, in, in Lakeland at uh, what used to be called Joker Marchand Stadium. I'm not sure what it's called now in uh, Tiger Spring Training Stadium. But uh, 11 home runs yesterday in that game, uh, a lot of them. And at least you feel a little bit good about Miggy's. Looked pretty good in the spring, so uh, two home runs. Uh, also trending up, Nick Anderson of the Tampa Bay Rays, since we'll be speaking about the Rays coming up pretty soon. He's appeared three times thus far this spring, uh, untouchable, and has struck out three. I don't know if he'll be the closer. I don't know if he'll be the setup guy. I mean, the Rays just do things so differently, it's impossible to gauge, but the dude has been unhittable now for almost a year and a half. So uh, Nick Anderson definitely trending up today. Three more innings, three more strikeouts in the spring. And then finally, this is like one of those stories that you don't hear a lot about, and uh, it's Friday, so we'll bring, you know, kind of a, a heartwarming story, I guess, to you. 11-year-old girl, uh, Syrian player uh, ta- uh, of table tennis, is qualifying for the Olympics. I mean, that is incredible. Uh, I mean, she'll play in Tokyo in 2020 and also is probably going to become one of the youngest Olympians of all time. She was born in 2009, becoming the youngest athlete to compete in this year's competition, uh, ranked 155th in the world. She moved all the way up to qualify and play for the Olympics. So, Frank, I don't know about you, but uh, when I was 11 years old, I was probably going to spring training games and collecting baseball cards, not qualifying for the Olympics. So congratulations to her. That's what's trending up for me. How about you? Yeah, when I was 11 years old, I was probably playing with my wrestling action figures. And 
not much more than that. I was addicted to wrestling when I was younger, and that was it. I did have a ping pong table in my basement uh, when I was younger, but uh, not nearly good enough to uh, compete in any type of Olympics. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, an 11-hole run hit yesterday. Two by Miguel Cabrera. Two by Travis Demerit as well. So uh, we'll see what's going on there with the Detroit Tigers. Maybe Miggy is back. We shall see. All right, trending up for me. It's okay to admit you're wrong at times here, Craig. And I am happy to say that I might have been wrong about Carlos Martinez. Earlier in camp, we had a report about his velocity being down, and I mentioned that here on the show. Uh, Velocity looked just fine yesterday. I think Carlos Martinez is out to make me look just silly uh, because he pitched five shutout innings, only two strikeouts, but the biggest takeaway here, zero walks for Carlos Martinez. That's a huge key for his success. If he wants to get back into the rotation, that will allow him to go deeper into games, obviously not getting the pitch count up as much. You want to see more strikeouts out of Carlos Martinez Pay attention to that velocity, Uh, but so far so good. The past couple starts for Carlos Martinez has been much better than the first one we saw in spring training. Speaking of the Cardinals, I'm going to continue to bring up this name here. And speaking of going up as well, uh, his ADP right now is climbing. That is Dylan Carlson. I bring up the name uh, basically nonstop here on the show here, Craig, because he had two more hits yesterday. He is now batting 417, and I will just throw it out there that what if he does break uh, camp with the team? What if he is there on opening day? I understand that there is a financial aspect to all of this in baseball, obviously, and there's a service time uh, aspect where, you know, if they called him up later on in the season, they can have an extra year of control on Dylan Carlson. But I, for one, am not impressed by the Cardinals lineup. Yeah, they have Tommy Edmond and they have Paul Goldschmidt and Colton Wong, but I'm not impressed by this lineup, and I think having Dylan Carlson potentially start on opening day with this team uh, obviously gives them a much bigger boost. I don't think it's crazy. Last year, Fernando Tatis, a lot of people did not expect that with the San Diego Padres. Maybe we can see the same thing out of Dylan Carlson here with the St. Louis Cardinals. And my final trending up topic here, Craig, you know, I got to bring you some type of food item here on the show. That's what I like to do during three up, three down. Taco Bell. We go back to the well with Taco Bell. They are bringing more alcoholic Taco Bells to the nation and potentially including a gaming-themed one as well. So what can be better than a bunch of people eating Taco Bell together, Craig, drinking alcohol and playing video games? I'm sure nothing can go wrong in that scenario. Uh, We actually do have a Taco Bell cantina, that's what they're called, around the block from Studio 34. I have uh, frequented this location a few times already. Uh, I can't say that I've bought any alcohol or played any video games, but... I do like to dabble with some Taco Bell here, Craig. Do you still have your wrestling figures? I, you know, I used to have uh, the WWF ones, the uh, the older ones. Like going back into the '80s, I had the ring and all that. Did, did you have those old school ones, or was it more of the newer school? Yeah, so I have a bunch of them. They're still in my parents' house. We have like tubs and tubs of wrestling figures going back to like the '80s. The rubber oh, okay. ones I'm talking about. So, yeah, like, yeah, I have we have a lot of, I mean, they might be worth something. You know, they're collectibles as well. So we have the WWF ones from back in the day, the rubber ones. I have all the way through the 80s, uh, the 90s, the 2000s. Once they started, you know, being able to bend their elbows, that was, like, revolutionary when I was a kid. Uh, but, yeah, we've we've got the whole deal there, Craig. Okay. Yeah, the British Bulldogs uh, collections, uh, high price one, I think. All right, uh, let me go uh, trending down here. Um, Shun Yamaguchi. Trying to make that Jays rotation. Didn't go well for him yesterday. I think he's running out of time here. Uh, two innings pitched, five hits, four earned runs in relief. 
Uh, the Jays don't have great options. We reviewed them earlier in the week. Yamaguchi is probably on the odd side looking in right now. He's going to have to have a really good finish. Uh, speaking of the Jays, remember a player by the name of Travis Snyder? I was shocked to see that this guy is still in the big leagues. I think they called him like Lunchbox or something like that with the Jays and then with the Pirates. I mean, he's back and he's in spring training and he's playing with the Diamondbacks. It's not going well for him. Uh, two for 19 and batting 105 with eight strikeouts in the spring. But it's so crazy when you see these names. And I remember him in the past, uh, six, seven years ago, and talking about how Travis Snyder could be a pretty good option, a platoon option, hot prospect. It clearly didn't work out for him. So that's uh, trending down. And uh, and finally trending down for me, and probably the biggest trending down I've seen in a while, uh, Scott Piercy, pro golfer, was dropped by three of his major sponsors after he made homophobic and offensive social media posts this week. Uh, he was dropped by Ashnet, which owns Titleist and Footjoy, uh, Jay Lindbergh yesterday, and um, and made like all kinds of crazy offensive uh, offensive posts on social media. Um, and so uh, he apologized uh, via Instagram. I mean, the bottom line is, man, like, I just never get this, Frank. Like, you have all of these people that are supporting you and are paying for you. And it's like, before you hit send, before you do anything, just think, like, is this going to cost me millions and millions of dollars? I guess for me, it, that's what it's kind of all about. Like, like, I've always kept politics and kept personal stuff, like, out of it because I fear for... Uh, you know, half the people in the country hating me. I just, why do it? Why go down that road? And in this particular case, and some of it was political too, I mean, one comment can cost you millions of dollars. I would ask Scott Piercy, was it worth it? That's what's trending down for me, Frank. Yeah, you got to think before you hit the send button. You're exactly right here, Craig. Whether you're a part of the media, whether you're an athlete, whatever it might be. I mean, especially in today's age, you know, obviously you have to take other people into account and think like, come on, is it going to offend somebody? And then, you know, for him to say, I didn't, I, I never meant to intend, uh, I never intended to offend anybody. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that was the case. Here we go. Trending down for me, uh, Garrett Cole. This guy stinks. What a oh, waste of money. On. The New York Yankees, this guy gave up four home runs yesterday. Back-to-back -back home runs to Demerit and Miguel Cabrera. Are you kidding me? He's going to pitch in Yankee Stadium. It's a band box there. This guy's going to be terrible. What a waste of money. Uh, thanks. I'll hang up and listen now, Craig. Seriously, it's it's not a big deal, guys. I see people freaking out on Twitter about Garrett Cole. It, it's spring training. I mean, if the velocity was down, if he came away injured after the game or you know, something like that, like, sure, you could be worried about that. But, uh, guys, it's it's not a big deal when it comes to Garrett Cole. Yes, obviously you want to see some results uh, in spring training, but it, it really doesn't matter. In fact, I had a draft champions start last night, Craig, and I had the fourth overall pick. Who did I take? I took Garrett Cole. Doesn't matter whatsoever. Good for you. All right, trending down as well, Scott Sir. Scott Cervais, the manager of the Seattle Mariners, sees a 55-45 split of playing time this upcoming season between Tom Murphy and Austin Nola. So I guess it depends who you ask. If you ask Austin Nola and his family, I'm sure they're excited about this. He's going to get some playing time. But if you've already drafted Tom Murphy, then obviously this is a trending down topic for you. I think uh, most people expected Tom Murphy to be, you know, the everyday-ish starter for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners may be seeing, you know, 70% of the playing time or more than that, but it seems like it's going to be closer to a 50-50 split here uh, between Tom Murphy and Austin Nola. Austin Nola, the brother of Aaron Nola, actually flashed a little bit last year uh, with the bat uh, with the Seattle Mariners. Tom Murphy as well, obviously known for his power there with the Mariners. Last but not least, trending down here. I don't know if you saw this story yet, Craig, but it's popping up here in the New York, New Jersey area. Quentin Williams, the defensive 
offensive lineman of the New York Jets, the first-round pick for the New York Jets last season as well, uh, has been arrested for trying to carry a gun onto an airplane at LaGuardia Airport. So, you know, kind of going back to your final trending down topic here, I mean, guys, we just got to think a little bit here. And I understand, and it's, it's a sad situation because some guys, you know, might actually be fearing for their lives, but you can't bring a gun into an airport trying to get onto an airplane. Like, what did you think was going to happen, Quinnen Williams? I'm a Jet fan, Craig, and it just seems to keep, you know, it's a snowball effect at this point. We just keep tumbling down. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think in his defense in the story, he did have a permit uh, for the gun. It just wasn't a permit for uh, New York. So um, doesn't doesn't make it right, but he wanted to just get that permit somewhere else too. All right, our Rays preview is next right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today, and Craig and Frank here with you on the show until 1 o'clock Eastern. And it's off the weekend we go. We'll be back here again Monday morning, 11 a.m., as we creep closer to opening day in Major League Baseball. Uh, before we get into the Rays lineup, Frank, this is, uh, you know, it's like, would you rather have Orioles or would you rather have Rays? It's like crazy to think that maybe you'd rather have Orioles. And I know the pitching is clearly better uh, on the side of the Rays and the hitting is better on the side of the Rays, too. But this is the toughest team every year to kind of figure out from a fantasy perspective who are going to be the studs, who are going to be the duds, especially in their lineup, because they're moving guys in and out so much. Um, one of the things I heard in the offseason, one of the reasons why they traded for Manny Margot uh, was maybe to use uh, a sixth infielder or, or a fifth infielder. Uh, I, I mean, they, they use all kinds of crazy ways of doing things. Um, they're not going to be able to move the uh, pitcher and first baseman back and forth anymore because, of course, you got to face three batters now. But, I, I mean, look, I, I just in general am kind of out on Rays. I don't really get that heavily involved because I don't really know what the result is going to be. And if I'm playing in a league where I can't move guys in and out of the lineup and I have to set it and forget it, you may only get two games a week from these guys. They're just very unpredictable. And again, a, a very well-run organization, but doing things differently is is not conducive to what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Look, Kevin Cash does not care about your fantasy baseball team. He cares about winning games, and that's exactly what the Rays do every single season. Uh, they have platoons all over the field. They do have some talent. There's no doubt about that. I think Austin Meadows and Willie Adamas are probably the two names in this lineup that are going to play every single day. Everyone else in this lineup, I don't know that you can say that for because, again, they have platoon partners, and they have people waiting in the wings. They have Nate Lowe, who is in the minor leagues as well. So uh, there are a lot of moving parts to the Tampa Bay Rays. They're the poster child for analytics. I mean, how many other teams in the MLB can you imagine G-Man Choi batting cleanup for and that team still winning 90-plus games? I mean, this is who the Tampa Bay Rays are. Craig, I don't know if you've ever done one of those like crazy puzzles with like the 500 pieces, but that's basically the Tampa Bay Rays trying to figure them out from a fantasy perspective. 
Yeah, and, and it works. And it is surprising that more teams don't go the way of the Rays. But uh, while some teams have started to, they don't go full all out with these platoons. And uh, it was almost like Joe Madden kind of started it, but they took it to another level. And Kevin Cash is, you know, arguably, if not the best manager in the league, um, he's definitely one of them. And and look, and, and there's also a difference, too, when you're playing in a market like St. Petersburg, Tampa, uh, which is a smaller market. The fans don't come as often. So you got to uh, piece it together as far as uh, the, the salary is concerned. All right. So let's take a look at their 2020 uh, starting lineup, or at least what could be their starting lineup. And again, a lot of this is is to be determined. Uh, leading off, it looks like Brandon Lau. Uh, at least some of the spring lineups have indicated that Lau has let off a couple of times. Uh, Meadows has let off a couple of times too, by the way. So you never know. Uh, we know Med- Meadows is going to be in the lineup. Frank is right about that. Uh, Yandy Diaz, if he's healthy, I, I think Yandy Diaz is probably going to get 500 plate appearances, but no guarantees there. Uh, G-Man Choi, he could be in one day, he could be out the next. He is not an everyday player, but this is basically showing you what it'll look like against a right-handed pitcher. Jose Martinez was acquired in the offseason. He won't play a lick of defense this year. If you have him in a keeper league for whatever reason, trade him now because he's going to be the U spot, and that's it after this year. I don't see him playing any games at all in the outfield, maybe a couple at first base, and I, and I really don't even think so. Uh, Hunter Renfro, <laughs> another trade for them with the Padres. Renfro... Uh, you know, hit some home runs. He's got a great arm defensively. No one really knows why they acquired him. No one really knows why they traded Tommy Pham, but they did. And so now Red Fro's their right fielder. Willie Adamas, of course, at short. They have no backup there. You're, you're feeling pretty safe drafting him. And Kevin Kiermeyer has struggled through the years to stay on the field. When he is healthy, he's 15 home runs and 15 steals. But Manny Margot is there now also, can play some center field. And then Mike Zanina will be behind the plate. Uh, for the most part, but again, they have other options there. Uh, so, uh, Frank, I, I think that you illustrated really the everyday players, which without a doubt, Meadows is one, and Adamas is another. I think D- Yandy Diaz is slated to get a lot of time. Jose Martinez probably, play, I would guess he'll play every day, he just won't play the field a lot. But there's so many other guys on this team that are coming off the bench and they're going to steal time. And if somebody gets hot, that could be a benching for one of these players, too. It's just dangerous. Yeah, I guess it's just in the eye of the beholder, right? Because we have Roster Resource, who has uh, Yoshi Tsutsugo penciled in as a starting DH, and they have Jose Martinez as a platoon bat against left-handed pitching at the designated hitter position. So it just depends who you ask. You might get, you know, couple of different answers here when it comes to the Rays and I think that's how they want things to be they want to keep their opposition guessing they you know they kind of want to keep everyone on their toes uh, and it works for them but it just it, it's frustrating from a fantasy perspective there can be value uh, I you know looking at someone like Brandon Lau I mean he's someone who's been kind of tough for me to figure out because he makes really really hard contact when he makes contact but you're looking at a 35 percent strikeout rate which is just astronomical. He can't hit lefties as well, so he's another one. I mean, is he going to play every single day? Obviously, if he leads off for this team, I mean, he might come close to scoring 80, 90 runs. It's a pretty good lineup here with Tampa Bay, but your guess is as good as mine. Austin Meadows, uh, obviously a lot of helium with him this year. Uh, third round pick. I actually took him in the third round in that draft last night that I took Garrett Cole. I don't mind taking him there. Uh, obviously has the prospect pedigree, really broke out last year, over 30 home runs, double-digit stolen bases. And, and I think if he stays healthy because he had that slump last year in the middle of the season where, uh, you know, obviously he was dealing with an injury at the time. If he stays healthy for the course of the season, I mean, why can't he hit 35 home runs with 15 stolen bases and a 290-plus batting average? 
average. I do think that he is that talented, uh, handled both lefties and righties well um, also when it comes to Austin Meadows. Yandy Diaz, you're right. You know, obviously when they traded for him, they saw something in Yandy Diaz. Uh, hits the ball extremely hard, but hits the ball on the ground too much. So started to raise the launch angle a little bit last year. And if he continues to do that, then we could potentially see a breakout season out of Yandy. Again, his you know, hard contact, average exit velocity is up there with some of the bigger names in baseball. If he learns how to raise that launch angle even more, Craig, we could be looking at a 20, 25 home run hitter with a really good batting average uh, in Yandy Diaz. I've mentioned Willie Adamas before uh, as a sleeper that I do like this season. Uh, Hunter Renfro has some pop there, Craig. You know, hit 33 home runs last year, but with a 216 batting average. So it kind of feels like you can find those guys anywhere throughout your draft where, yeah, you're going to get a ton of power, but you're also going to get a low batting average as well. So once upon a time, I was a fan of Hunter Renfro, but it just seems like there are so many players that have a similar skill set to what he can provide. Yeah, and defensively, he brings a lot to the table, and I think maybe potentially that's why uh, the Rays ended up acquiring him. But, uh, you know... I mean, Nate Lau, as you mentioned, potentially off the bench. And Manny Margot is somebody that was thought to be a starting player at one point. And the point that you make about Meadows is really interesting, too. I mean, think about it. If you're making a trade with the Rays, you may want to, like, take, like, eight looks at that trade before you make it. Pirates traded Garrett Cole. Pirates traded Austin Meadows. They've made some rough trades over the years. And when Tampa Bay calls, you better take a close look at those players that you were giving up before you do it. Because in general... A lot of the trades that they make end up working out. The big story for the Rays this offseason was they actually spent millions of dollars on a player from Japan, Frank. And uh, Yoshitomo Tsutsugo is his name. And his numbers in Japan are out of this world. 44 homers in 2016, 28 and 17, 38 and 18, and then 29 in 2019. He's not a great defender, but the kid can mash. So, as you mentioned, roster resource has him starting. He's played a number of games already with the Rays. I kind of feel like if they put Susugo in the outfield, they have to have Kiermaier maybe in center because he's not a great defender. But, look, if the Rays are in on a guy, Frank, I got to say I'm kind of in on him too. I don't know that they would spend this kind of money on a player without trying to get the most back in return for him. So, um I mean, I don't know how you feel about Tsutsugo in the drafts that I've done. I've done it like three or four. I don't have him anywhere yet. And that's just because I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to take him. He's not going to play. I mean, the Rays just simply don't care. I could see them having Tsutsugo and then like trading him in July. Like they're just a wild organization. And so the trust factor can't be there for me with his playing time. Yeah, I don't have any shares of Sutsugo yet either. And I think, you know, in an AL only, he obviously pops off the page. And maybe in one of these deeper mixed leagues, you take him later on in your reserve rounds and you could plug him into utility, corner infield if he uh, gains that eligibility as well. Uh, so far in the spring, off to a solid start, 5 for 17. He hit a home run as well. Uh, but we, you know, we showed you the power numbers that he had in Japan. And they're all legit. And I think you could say that about a lot of players on this team, Craig, right? Where if Sutsugo gave you 500 plus plate appearances and Jose Martinez gave you 500 plus plate appearances those guys can be really valuable from a fantasy perspective and you know sometimes in drafts those are the players that can provide the most sleeper value we saw that a couple years ago uh, with like a Jesus Aguilar his playing time was kind of in question heading into that breakout season with the Milwaukee Brewers but you take a shot on him late in your draft because obviously he has really good um, really good hard hit rate and he has really good underlying numbers uh, and then you know if he gets that opportunity to play every day he can really outperform his value. 
The problem is the Razors have so many of those players where you could say that about maybe five, six different guys. Uh, and if injuries don't happen to this team, Craig, then they're likely all splitting time, like we've said throughout the course of this entire segment. 300 plate appearances there, 400 plate appearances there. Uh, again, they don't care about your fantasy team, and that's the way that the Rays are going to continue to operate. But if injuries do take place, Craig, then that's when we can really start to see more value where if Jose plays every day, if Sutsugo plays every day, then those guys are really, really going to be valuable for fantasy. But obviously, we can't predict injuries. No. And, you know, it's interesting the name that you mentioned, Jesus Aguilar, uh, was scooped up by the Rays last year. And... Um, he wasn't really that good with the Rays, and that's why I'm really not on him this year. I mean, when the Rays completely let you go, like, I mean, I don't know. It seems to be, and like, get nothing for you. It seems to be, like, a bad sign, and I know Miami ended up picking him up. And that's a good point. Gonna try to play him at first base every day, but when Tampa Bay gives up on you, I tend to think that there ain't much left. Uh, all right, the rotation of the Rays, a little bit clearer going into the season, although some injury issues as well. Probably like that with every pitching staff at this point in the spring. We'll dive into that next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. This is Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Frank Stample. We'll be back after this quick timeout. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you until 1 o'clock on the East. And then we shut it down for the weekend. At least I do. And, uh, and then we'll be back here Monday morning, 11 o'clock, for another team preview. And I'm sure a lot of news and information from the weekend. I'll be at the ballpark quite a bit next week. So bear with us uh, on these shows. But Frank will be around to handle it. And I'll pop in and out as much as possible. Uh, the rotation for the Rays is a lot juicier. There is a lot of interest in some of these players for sure. And Frank, uh, over the last few years, we've seen a Cy Young Award winner. We've seen uh, Morton, who was close to a Cy Young Award winner. We've seen Tyler Glass now, another player that they acquired from the Pirates, uh, really start to emerge. And then the Rays are just hell-bent, essentially, on always using an opener for their fifth starter, although they don't have the uh, openers that they did last year. Uh, Stanek is now in Miami. Pagan, who they used early and late, is now gone. But Yarborough is that one guy that, if for whatever reason, in like one of these crazy Yahoo leagues, you have to have an SP, because some of the leagues uh, say that you have to have an SP. Yarborough does look like he's going to get that. He was kind of the bridge in the past also between the opener and the middle relief and the closer. But uh, the Rays are always going to use that. And I think that that's where Yarborough fits in this year as their fifth starter. But he's really opening up games. Yeah, Craig, the Tampa Bay Rays are basically the hipsters of baseball, right? They are the trendsetters. So they started the opener, and now everyone else is trying to latch onto the opener, and they're like, all right, now we're not going to do the opener anymore because it seems like, as you mentioned, Ryan Yarbrough and Yanni Chirinos, who were used in that uh, kind of uh, that follower role, that bridge role, as you mentioned, uh, they're just going to be 
normal starters this upcoming season. And, you know, two players that last year both had a 1.05 whip or less. So if you're looking for whip later on in your drafts, they obviously both have great command. Don't get a ton of strikeouts. They're between like 7 and 8 Ks per 9, Yanni Chirinos and Ryan Yarbrough. Uh, but they do have really good whips. It all starts at the top. How healthy is Blake Snell going to be this upcoming season? Obviously, we're still kind of sifting through the news with Blake Snell. It uh, doesn't seem like he's going to be ready for opening day, obviously, but mid-April, late April, May, I don't know, your guess is as good as mine as to when we're going to see Blake Snell. There's obviously a ton of upside there, but obviously a lot of risk as well when it comes to Blake Snell. Uh, and then Tyler Glass now and Charlie Morton. Look, I love Charlie Morton this year. I have him ranked inside my top 10 starting pitchers. If you're worried about the injuries the past couple of seasons, then you're probably not drafting Charlie Morton where he is. But last year, you know, pitched 194 innings last year for the Tampa Bay Rays. And if you had any concern about him, you know, regressing after he left the Houston Astros, he shut that down real quick. Even in a season with the juiced ball and pitching in the American League East, Craig, Charlie Morton was phenomenal, still had a ton of strikeouts. The command was better last year. One of the best curveballs in all of baseball, throws mid-90s with that fastball as well. Tyler Glass now is really the, uh, the wild card in all of this, Craig, because if he can stay healthy, which is a huge question mark. He only pitched around 60 innings last year, but in those 60 innings, a 178 ERA, 0.89 whip, 50% ground balls. The guy gets a ton of swinging strikes, gets a ton of strikeouts, has a filthy, filthy curveball, throws like 98 miles per hour with a fastball. Now he's apparently experimenting with a split change type pitch as well. Uh, so if he can make that pitch, you know, just solid, use it around like 10-12% of the time. Uh, it's scary to think that he can be even better, but dealt with like a flexor mass strain elbow thing last year, so you have a ton of concern uh, with both he and Blake Snell, but I think obviously the upside is there for both of them, Craig. Yep, I, I think so, and uh, you mentioned Chirinos, and Chirinos can go deeper into games. I'm not really sure about Yarbrough, though, Frank. I think Yarbrough still uh, will, will serve as an opener. Let's take a look one more time at the uh, starting five rotation for the Tampa Bay Rays and then get into their closer and their handcuff. Uh, Snell will start opening day if he's healthy, but Frank is probably right. Uh, Glasnow kind of is the two. I could see Morton starting opening day for Tampa. So uh, Morton, Glasnow, Chirinos, uh, Yarborough as an opener. The other thing that they could do if, if Snell is not ready, they could give Trevor Richards or Brendan McKay an opportunity. We'll talk about them in just a minute. Uh, their closer could be Nick Anderson. I wouldn't count on that. But I would guess that Nick Anderson's stats outside from getting saves are going to be so good that you're not going to worry as much about the saves. But if you're just drafting Nick Anderson to get 40 saves, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Castillo saw some time as closer too. Pagan is now gone. So um, you know, certainly a chance for multiple players, uh, I think, to get saves. And uh, Frank, I saw uh, last year uh, Nick Anderson with Miami, and, and he pitched phenomenal. Uh, they ended up making the trade there. Stanek went back to Miami. So did Jesus Sanchez. Um, Trevor Richards, though, Frank, Trevor Richards is somebody with an elite changeup, but man, the league caught up to him big time in the second half of the season. And what are your thoughts on Brendan McKay at this point? Doesn't even, I'm not even, is he a two-way player even at this point? I mean, it seems like he's just more of a pitcher and, and that's it. I know he didn't hit much last year too. Um, but I really think that if, if Tampa Bay can figure out Richards, I think he can be a top five starter on their team. But as I mentioned, you can't have one pitch, Frank. And when you're not throwing a fastball, which Richards wasn't, and you look at his numbers from about June on, they were dismal. So Miami basically sent him over to Tampa. Maybe he's a bridge. 
to the eighth and ninth. Maybe he's a starter if they need him. Uh, I'm wondering if they could unlock uh, extra talent from him. And uh, McKay, at this point, we got to call it what it is. He's been an overrated player in both reality and fantasy. I'm just not seeing um, the, the value in what McKay is. Now, he'll probably go out, Frank, this year and make 30 starts and with an ERA of one. Yeah, that's uh, that's the way things typically work with the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think if there's any team that can figure out Trevor Richards, right, and unlock that potential, it would be the Rays, has a filthy changeup. He gets so much movement on his changeup that it's almost a detriment to him at times because he doesn't know where it's going. He winds up walking a lot of batters. That's been an issue for Trevor Richards. But you're right. I mean, he has to find a way to, you know, improve the velocity with the fastball or, you know, work in a curveball or a cutter or, you know, improve another pitch because the changeup is filthy, as you mentioned. But we've seen in the past, you know, one pitch is not going to get it done. Luis Castillo, a couple of years ago, I mean, has a nasty changeup. But, you know, he had to improve his fastball, improve his slider as well in order to become the player that he is today. So I think if there's any team that can figure it out, it would be the Tampa Bay Rays. Does he have a rotation spot as of now? Probably not. But, look, given the injury history of Glass now and everything that's going on with Blake Snell, uh, if you are drafting in one of these draft and hold leagues later on, you could take a shot on someone like Trevor Richards. Yeah, and Blake Snell, uh, I mean, with Brendan McKay, he was a two-way player coming up throughout the minors, but we didn't really see that much last year at the major league level. All we saw was a 5.14 ERA and a 1.41 whip. A lot of people seem to be buying into Brendan McKay this year as almost like a, a post-hype prospect that you can get on your teams. Uh, but he's going around the range of some other players that I like. You know, Dylan C, someone I spoke about yesterday, who I think might have more upside and a more you know, consistent role with the Chicago White Sox this upcoming season. So there's a lot of pitchers going in that range that have a ton of upside this year. I mean, you just have to pick and choose. If you think Brendan McKay is going to be able to turn it around, and there's still a chance, right? I mean, the guy is sure. 24 years old. It was just his first stint in the major leagues. He's still got a ton of strikeouts as well last year, up over 10 Ks per nine, but allowed a lot of hard contact as well. So uh, the upside is still there for Brendan McKay, but he's got to start to show some of that development here. And I believe he hasn't p uh, pitched yet in spring. He's dealing with some kind of uh, injury. So pay attention to that as well when it comes to Brendan McKay. Yeah. And, uh, and look, uh, the Rays have no shortage of players that we're going to be seeing in the future, especially as it pertains to the minor leagues. They have the number one prospect in all of baseball uh, in Wanda Franco, who is going to be an absolute star when he gets to the big leagues. Where he's going to play and how he's going to play, I don't know. Uh, Frank, maybe they'll trade Wanda Franco. I mean, you just don't know with this franchise what they're going to end up doing. But um, whether he makes his big league debut this year or next year is still a little bit unclear. Uh, Rays could call him up at some point this year and try and chase down a postseason berth, which wouldn't shock me. And Brent Honeywell is, again, probably, Frank, stuff-wise, top three prospect in all of baseball. It's just health at this point as he comes back from Tommy John surgery. Knowing the Rays, how careful they are, I don't think we'll see him until May or June. But if Honeywell is a factor, it wouldn't shock me uh, either. They know how to draft, they know how to develop, and they know how to scout. And so they, these are two players more for dynasty as opposed to 2021. But, Frank, I could see both players having an impact this year. Yeah, I'm not sure that Wander Franco is going to play this year, as you mentioned, Craig, probably more of like a 2021 play with the Tampa Bay Rays or potentially another team. I mean, I can't imagine them trading away the top prospect in baseball, but it feels like we've said things like that before when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays, and of course they go out and surprise us. Brent Honeywell, you're right, they're, they're going to be cautious with him. It seems like he's really taken a, a parallel career path to someone like Alex Reyes, where they were both 
top pitching prospects in the game around the same time, three, four years ago. Uh, Reyes with the Cardinals, Brent Honeywell with the Rays, and since then, just both of them have suffered so many injuries. But if you look at the minor league numbers for Honeywell, they are just absolutely fantastic. 2.88 ERA, 1.08 whip, with 458 strikeouts in 416 innings pitched in his minor league career. Uh, Again, they have a wealth of riches in their pitching staff. They can go to the opener. They can use Yarbrough, Yanni Chirinos. Uh, If you ask me, I think Brent Honeywell maybe works in as like one of those bridge-type relievers, three, four, five innings this season. Maybe they just use him as a multi-inning reliever, sixth, seventh, whatever it might be. Uh, But I think, you know, in terms of just being an everyday starting pitcher, it's probably not going to happen for Brent Honeywell this year, potentially 2021. Yeah, probably 80, 90 innings, I would guess, this year. And and the stats may look great. I mean, he may be like a Pomerantz uh, from last year in terms of the numbers. You know, different lefty-righty situation, but it could be 80 innings, 100 strikeouts, and, and that is, is, you know, essentially almost your SP5 in a lot of fantasy leagues. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what Honeywell ends up doing. And in terms of Franco, uh, all, all options are on the table, Frank. This would be a player who doesn't play at all. It'd be a player they call up tomorrow. It'd be a player that they trade. You just, you just really have no idea with them. But uh, a good start in the minors. Who knows? Maybe he's a call up very late in the season. And just nothing shocks me with them. That's for sure. All right, uh, so coming up in the second hour of the show, we will have a sports grid update here at the top of the hour. We'll recap everything happening in sports. We'll go over the Rays' season win total for 2020. We'll give you the best case and the worst case scenario that we feel with the Rays. Also, we have Frank's stamp of approval here on this Friday as we roll on here toward the regulars of the Major League Baseball 2020 campaign. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on Sports Grid. It's Greg and Frank with you. Our producer, Chris Pavano. Don't go away. We'll be back after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 